The title of my message today is Your Assignment Should You Choose to Accept It. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 it says, "But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood with constant access to God himself. You are a holy nation, citizens of a new kingdom, his own special people with special abilities. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You and I, we are a very special nation. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, not just to be citizens only to be blessed. Now that's amazing, but we have, we have an assignment. Now, every one of us need to make a decision. Do we choose to accept the assignment and will we do what the assignment has asked us to do? In Luke chapter 6 and 46, Jesus Christ is speaking, and I can feel and sense the exasperation in Jesus' voice with the people around him when he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Could you imagine if you were running an organization and everybody loved listening to you, but nobody loved doing anything. Would you make the organization successful? Could you imagine if all of the employees here at Springs Church loved listening to me, but wouldn't do anything I asked? Or Miracle Channel, we have all this stuff going around the world, and, and everyone likes listening to us, but no one on staff wants to do anything. So Jesus, as the king of the kingdom... He is saying, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? Then he goes on to saying, let me explain to you. I'm going to just, he says, I'm going to show you what the person is like who does my sayings. That would be like you and I saying, there are churches everywhere and we all have the same instructions, but the churches that build healthy community, that raise up families and generations, the churches that are able to influence governments and cities and nations and reap a harvest of souls for the kingdom of God are the ones who do something with it, not the ones who just sit and listen. So Jesus is bringing this out, and he says that now let me show you what a person is like who hears it and does it. Both steps, not one step. He says, this man is like a guy who built a house, a home. He dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. The rock, listen to me, is not just the Bible. The rock is not the teachings of Jesus. The rock is not Jesus. The rock is you and I listening and doing and obeying the sayings of Jesus. He said that this storm can beat against the house and it says that it cannot shake it. But the other house 
where the person did hear. He's got the first step. And he's calling Jesus Lord. He says, Lord. But Jesus is saying, stop it. People around you are going to think I can't do anything, build anything, deliver anything, because you're calling me Lord, but I'm not your Lord, because you ain't listening to me or doing what I say. Today, this is still the same problem in Christians and followers of Christ across our church, churches all over the place. There's just too small of a percentage of people who are doing what he says. So someone says, well, Leon, What do we need to be doing? Well, before I get into Mark chapter 16, I want you to understand that Jesus is saying very clearly that people who follow him, listen to him, but don't do what he says when the storm comes, that the ruin of your home, your life, whatever you're building will be great. Well, you know, well, Leon, I just thought we could just ask and pray and things are going to be okay. No, Jesus is very clear here about a, a life that stands every storm and can't be shaken and a life that is completely destroyed. The storm doesn't strengthen either house. One house is strong because you hear and you do. You live and you obey the teachings of Jesus every day. And there's wonderful, amazing teachings to build families and homes and how to deal with each other and how to walk in love and how, etc. Now, then as we go to Mark chapter 16, it says Jesus has now died, he's rose again, and he meets with his disciples and he says, Go into the world and preach the gospel to everyone. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believes not shall be damned. And these, now, a lot of brilliant people struggle with this line that a God of love would damn people to hell. But that's not when you read the Word of God what is true. You see, the entire planet was damned to die and to hell when our great-great-grandfather Adam and Eve, a grandmother, when they decided to disobey God, all their generations died. They died with no hope. They died with no chance of being with God, spending eternity with God. This is, it's not God picking and choosing and sending people out of heaven. No, the entire world was lost. It was finished. And so God sent his son to redeem those who would come. It wasn't God that that, that has excused man to an eternity without him. It was mankind themselves. And you need to know that when you study the word, that none of us would have probably made any better decisions than Adam himself and Eve. So here he is saying that in order for people to believe on Jesus, that we must share. You know, Often when I was sharing as a young man with people about Jesus, I would try to explain the gospel. I would try to listen to all of their objections. And then I would try to answer. With the debaters, I would debate. And there wasn't much success with what I was doing. But 
I found out that when I share the gospel, which is just good news with somebody, that in my obedience to share the gospel, in that person, faith rises to accept it. Now, then they have to accept and keep going or deny and choose no. But the faith to be born again is not in the unsaved. But when you share the gospel, it says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so as you and I, we don't need to answer every question they have. The more learned you are, I think the more you'll enjoy sharing and helping people. And I think it's wise. But now the Bible says that we are to simply share the good news. You know, when you go back to my first verse about 1 Peter 2.9, and it says that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, citizens of a new kingdom, his own special people with special abilities, that you would proclaim the praises of him who has brought you out of darkness and into his knowledge and his light. It's telling you what to say. You just need to brag about Jesus, not about yourself. You need to brag about his goodness. You need to brag about Jesus came into my life and he forgave me. I feel clean. I feel accepted. Oh man, as I study the Bible, the Holy Spirit's revealing it to me. Something has happened to me with a strength and an energy I never had before. Oh, I'm not perfect. I'm working on things and we always are. But this Jesus, and you should be praising him, bragging about him. How amazing. But you know what we do is, well, when you, you know, when you talk about God, Leon, that works better because when you talk about Jesus, well, people, they get uncomfortable. Listen, learn to talk about Jesus in a spirit contemporary way. And then if they're uncomfortable, it doesn't matter. The Bible says there are going to be some that will be offended offended with the gospel because they don't want a savior. They want to be arrogant and proud and do it themselves. I don't need a savior. And so you don't have to argue with people. Share the gospel with them. And as you tell them about Jesus, not God, Jesus, the gospel is about what Jesus has done on the cross. Their sins are forgiven. I've done it. Let me tell you how amazing this is. Faith rises or faith comes, put it that way. Faith comes to that person. And now when they say, Jesus, come into my heart, they're believing and wham, this incredible miracle takes place. You are called to praise Jesus, to brag about Jesus, to share with people, proclaim the good news that it is he that has changed your life. Now, when you do that, these signs will follow you. It says, he that believes that he shall be saved. You and I are saved from an eternity without Christ. We are saved to be in heaven with him forever and ever when we, when we die. And when we're on this planet, we are saved to living out the blessings of the kingdom of God because we are citizens of heaven, even though we're not in the place called heaven. We are living in a fallen world with fallen things. And we have to fight the good fight of faith, which doesn't mean fight the devil, doesn't mean fight people. It means get in the word. So there's a resistance in you to the lies of the enemy. And on the inside of you is a believing. You fight to stay in faith.
Now, then it says, these are the signs that are going to follow you and I. And I want to just go through them together. The first thing he says is that we must preach his word. Like I said, when you preach his word, faith comes. Something changes on the inside of that person. You don't have to convince their mind. You simply need to share as well as you know the Jesus you love, what he did for you, and share what he has done for you. And faith begins to rise in them. Now they have a choice. They can still choose no. All right, the second thing that he says here, well, let me say this. One day as a paramedic, I was called to an accident scene. The accident scene involved me removing a, a body from the wreckage, and she was alive, and she was a pastor. And so she was conscious as we immobilized her and got her into the back of the ambulance. She had a, a, a flail chest. She had a, a chest wound where the ribs had broken away. And to the best of my ability, we're racing for the hospital, and I'm stabilizing that floating piece of rib, which is making her gasp. And it's a, one of the most horrible feelings you'll ever have is having a section of rib broken away that goes the opposite of your rib cage as you breathe. And so she's gasping for breath. We've got oxygen on. And, and I don't, wasn't aware. You can't tell as a paramedic or anybody who works in ambulance or fire, you can't tell uh, if there's internal bleeding and there was a great chance there was. So we're racing. This is a dire emergency. We're racing for the hospital. As we're racing for the hospital, I just, and I knew this person, okay, wonderful person. I just felt this sense of you need to share the gospel with them. And so here I am working on them. And as I am, I simply look at her in the face and I say, listen to me. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you believed on him, accepted him as your savior, your Lord? And she looked at me and said, are you, a, are you assured that heaven is your home? And she goes, no. I said, well, then just tell him now, Jesus, come into my heart. And behind that oxygen mask, I could see her just saying, Jesus, come into my heart. And then a peace that came over her because she was, I mean, in such fear, frantic, you know, which the average person is in this dire situation. But she gave her life as a person who had studied the Bible, had a degree, whatever the doctorate was of divinity, the seminary, had known all the information about the Bible, but had never known Jesus as her personal Savior. And when I said to her, Jesus is Lord. He is, he is the only way to heaven. He's the, Jesus is the only Savior of the world. You need to accept him. Something rose up in her, and she became a follower of Christ. So we need to share this good news. Stop thinking your job is to convince people. Your job is to share and to bring the praises of what Jesus has done in your life and what he's done on the cross for them too. The second thing it says here, these signs shall follow them who believe. It says, in my name, they're going to cast out devils. You need to understand that evil spirits are cast out of situations, out of homes, out of people. There is an assignment. We live in a, a dual world. We live in a world that has a physical world and simultaneously superimposed upon this physical world is a spiritual world. 
we know there are four classes of evil spirits according to Ephesians chapter 6, and that the armor of the believer works on all four classes, from the princes of the air to the very mad dogs at the bottom of Satan's satanic kingdom, that none of it can affect and stop a believer who knows who they are and how to deal with them. So it says, cast out devils. Cast out evil spirits. There are situations that there are times you'll get involved in, and it's not normal. And it's going, what in the world is going on here? And you need to recognize that out in the name of Jesus. It's, it's not a matter of having to understand anything. Just Satan, the assignment that you put on my finances, my marriage, my home, out in the name of Jesus. Stop. I command this assignment. Stop. Out. And now, I don't have to do that very often. Because as I speak the word of God, it makes way. But there are times when I need to just out. Now, there are, there are times there are homes I haven't got time to teach on this today, but there are places where horrible things have happened in people's homes, murders and, and you know, uh, killings and repeated rapes or, or horrible things that have been done to people, which the Bible says Satan loves that. He loves to steal, kill, destroy. And in those places, I have dealt with multiple times with people because there's something weird going on. They'll call it a haunted house or they'll call it, uh, you know, uh, something's going on. We have apparitions, ghosts. Uh, if you don't think they're real, yeah, you're mistaking. Uh, dealt with them all my life, and they're easy. But you have to cast out evil spirits from situations, from even homes. And then there are people who are, the Bible would call it, demonized. They are, it's not the spirit of God, which is joy, a spirit of peace. And even if physically, or mentally something is wrong with our brain or our body or, you know, chemicals, etc. But the enemy is like a shark in the water. Whenever he sees someone who is weak, he attacks. It's like these, uh, it's like, you know, hyenas in the wild. You ever watch them on, on whenever you see them and hurt, they are going after the weakest one in the flock, the weakest one in the herd and taking them down. And the enemy's like that. He'll go after whatever area that you're weak in is the area he attacks. So whenever someone says something like, well, do you think the enemy's involved here? Always, always. But he doesn't have the power to cause it. He'll just see things breaking down or people not dealing with things correctly or, you know, whatever goes on, and then he wants to get involved. And so there are times you recognize that cast him out of that situation. Cast him out. If that person wants help, you have the power as a follower of Christ. If they say, please help me, I feel attacked, oppressed, harassed by an evil spirit, my moods, my mind, my choices. Say, do you want help? And make sure they do. Say, yes. Then get them to give their life to Jesus Christ. And now out in the name of Jesus Christ and command the evil spirit out. Do you realize that you have been given an assignment? You're not going to go, oh, Leon, where are you? I got a guy here. No, you do it. You have been given an assignment. Should you choose to accept it, you can live the most exciting, powerful life of setting people free, seeing smiles on their faces as they come to Jesus, and you can cast out evil spirits. Then it says you can speak with new tongues. 
Now, did you know, according to Jesus, he wouldn't even let his disciples go into ministry until they were endued with power from on high. He said to them, you know, even when he arose again from the dead, he was with his disciples, and there's a verse in the Bible that says, go find it for yourself, and Jesus says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when you give your life to Christ... Holy Spirit comes in and there is a forgiveness and a restoration of heart. A brand new person is on the inside of you. But he still said to them, I don't want you to go out. I want you to wait until you are endued with power from on high. And on the day of Pentecost, when they were in that upper room and the presence of God hit them, they all begin to pray, not in a known language, but they had an ability to allow the Spirit of God to pray through them in the perfect will of of God. And it says in Romans chapter 8 verses 23 and on that when you don't know how to pray, when you're going through something and you can't figure it out and you don't know what's going on, that the Holy Spirit will help you. It goes on to say he'll help you and pray through you with words that you don't, that they're not even inarticulate speech that you understand, but you're allowing him to pray through you. And as you pray in that beautiful heavenly language filled with the Spirit of God, the, it Jesus is saying here in Mark chapter 16 that those who believe on him are going to cast out devils. They're going to speak with new tongues. I've never seen anything attacked as much as people praying in the spirit because it burns off the dross. It burns off the loneliness, the temptation, the junk the enemy's trying to do. It empowers you according to the book of Jude, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. It makes you strong. This presence of God gets all over you. I pray in the Spirit every day, all the time. This is a new tongue. And the world, you think, well, the world laughs at it. Well, look what the world's doing. I mean, everything from smoking uh, special grasses to special meditations to special incantations. The world is hungry for true spirituality. And you and I have this incredible meditative language, this incredible chance of spending time with God. And as prayer, we pray, we speak in these new tongues and we're praising him and praying. There's something, you know, as a young man, when I first began to get involved in the hospital and work and this paramedic program opened up and they asked if I wanted to apply that I could work in materials management where I was. And at the same time, take the classes as for the first time in Manitoba, a group of people would begin to develop paramedic skills because we didn't have paramedic colleges back then in Manitoba. So the doctors in the OR, so I was trained in the ORs with doctors, resuscitation rooms. I was trained uh, in courses with intensive care training, the drugs, first-line drugs. It was an amazing time. But as I begin to see the heartache and the brokenness and the hurts in the back alleys, the streets, the suicides, the rapes, uh, and all the things that were growing on, I found that as a young man, if I didn't strengthen myself by praying in the Spirit before I would go to work, and even when no one was watching, and I would just pray quietly under my breath, and there would be a strengthening and an awareness of God as Holy Spirit would guide me through an accident scene or, or protect me through a dangerous time of involved guns or someone was shot or whatever was going on. And you and I both need to understand that this, these new tongues for every believer... 
They're there for you and I. And so remember that. And let's begin to do what Jesus says. He says that you're going to have to address evil spirits. When's the last time we even thought about that? There's probably someone listening to me right now. You can't understand why you can't confess the word and do this and do that. Listen, maybe there's an attack of the, the enemy and he's there for a specific reason. God might show you. And if not, just cast them out in the name of Jesus. We can cast out evil spirits, speak with new tongues. And then it says that if we eat any, we can handle serpents, scorpions. If you drink any poison, it doesn't hurt you. It is talking here about being protected. When you follow Christ, there is a protection that is for you and I. I love in 2 Timothy 4.18 where the apostle Paul says, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me until I get into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. The apostle Paul is saying, I'm delivered every time. That's the promise of God to you and I. The word of God, when you read in the Old Testament about angels being encamped around about us, when you read about what the, how that they're there to even protect us if we dash our foot against a stone, you don't have to be afraid. I, I can share time and time again, and I, I've often told the same stories because they work so good for certain uh, uh, um, teachings. But repeatedly, I've had people threaten my life or, or, or come at me physically. Uh, you know, I remember when four guys jumped me and got me around in a circle, and you've heard that story, I'm sure, but saying, hey, we're going to kick you and punch you out. What's your Jesus going to do for you? And I just looked at them confidently and said, his angels are here, and they will protect me from you, or he'll give me the power to take all of you. And they just didn't, couldn't believe they heard this, and they all sat down together and wanted me to share this new gospel they'd never heard. All they knew was a wimpy religion, not a real follower of Christ. The Bible teaches us that anything, and it is taught, when it talks about snakes, remember in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, that Satan came in the body of a snake. And so he's saying very much so here that whichever way the enemy comes at you, that don't worry about it, you can handle snakes. It doesn't mean go grab snakes like some of the cults in the States. He's just saying that whatever's going on in your life, you be aware that the angels of God protect you according to the entire Old Testament. And I love what the Apostle Paul said and in 2 Timothy 4.18, write it down, confess it every day out loud. The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and he's gonna preserve me until I get to his heavenly kingdom. The fifth thing I wanna share with you here It says that not only do these things follow as signs that we have special abilities because of the presence of God within us. It's not my ability, it's in Christ. Christ is in me, and so that is why we have these special abilities. And it says to lay your hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. Did you know that you, my friend, can see him heal broken hearts, broken minds, broken bodies, if people will believe with you? You can't force it on people, but if you'll share the gospel with them and get them out of doubt into just at least a hoping and a believing even in you, Peter was walking one day shortly after Jesus had left, and this man who'd been crippled from his mother's womb, he had heard Jesus preach for three and a half years, and he, he had not received healing yet. He was sitting by the gate by the temple where Jesus was for three and a half years. 
And he says, hey, alms for the poor. He just wanted money. He had no hope for, for healing. But Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I'm going to give you. In the, and as he was speaking, that's, that's the gospel, that Jesus died, that it's within Peter, that's a portion of the gospel. Faith had to have come to this man. He had to, hope had to arise. And then Peter grabbed him and said, stand up and walk. And the man jumped to his feet, leaping. And I mean, everybody was in shock. They knew for decades this guy, he couldn't walk. Listen, the spirit of the Lord is upon you and I. I love it, Luke 4, 18, where it says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. I want you to know the eyes of the world are fastened on us. I want you to know the people around you, their eyes are fastened on you. You need just to start in your own way, just to sh share the Jesus that, that changed your life. This gospel needs to come out of your mouth or none of your friends will have the faith to receive him. And anything you want to grow in faith in, you can't grow till you begin to hear the gospel preached on that topic. So you start reading about walking in the gifts of the Spirit, laying hands on the sick. Speak it out loud.